come with us now, if you dare, down a rickety staircase into a dank, dark basement. What awaits the Saturday Night Freak Show? <laughs> All right, welcome back, ladies and germs, to the Saturday Night Freak Show podcast. Uh, we finally gone pro. We are now coming at you nice, sharp, and clean. With brand new audio equipment. Thanks to your kind and generous donations through our Amazon link on uh, our website, which is SaturdayNightFreakShow.blogspot.com. Just reminding you that you can buy any of the movies that we talk about, including this one, on our website. You can also get a hold of us at uh, <laughs> Facebook.com slash Saturday Night Freak Show. You can comment on this or any of the episodes that we've done, and we will read your comments on air during the Igor's mailbag segment, which we have coming up later in segments. our show. Later, <laughs> we have one segment. Hey, All right, let's not right. get. There's the movie. Let, we have one the segment and the wrap up. That's, That's three yeah. segments. Yeah. Three segments. Wait, should we add some more segments? I think yeah. we should add yeah. more segments. Actually, of my, that's of my opinion. But there you go. <laughs> so this is your internet radio superstars. This is Brent. Travis, Jenny, Sean, and I'm Colin. And every Saturday we do this. You may or may not have realized this by now. <laughs> on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, and more. And every week we pick a movie, going through our batting lineup. Tonight, Brent chose the movie. Brent, what did we watch tonight? Uh, Colin, we watched Celebrity. And who directed wow. the movie Celebrity? Woody Allen. Uh, and in right. what year did he make this movie? Oh, uh, what was it, 97? I think 90, 98, I think. 98? Yeah. Oh, probably right. He probably made it in 97, released in 98. <laughs> 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 yeah, right. oh, that sounds close. True, true. How many movies, I'm curious, does has Woody Allen released through Miramax? Through Miramax, I want to say at least, oh my God. Let's see. There's Mighty Aphrodite, Deconstructing Harry. Well, I mean, was there a point at which he went over to working with them and everything subsequently was a Miramax? Is he well, still doing stuff to them? No, because no, he's went back to Sony's cla- Sony Classics. Well, like, uh, like his earlier what's, stuff. What's was... one with Scarlett Johansson? Match Point. Match Point. Uh, Match Point, or there's one. Uh, I don't know if that's Card or oh, what the fuck is it called? Scoop. Maybe uh, it was Scoop. The card, the card. No, but no one where there's somebody's like a fucking ah. Nope, don't remember. I think it might have been Scoop though. Was that Jeep, Max? Or, uh, Melinda, Melinda with uh, with fucking uh, Wolverine. Was. Wasn't he in one of them? That was Scoop. That was Scoop. Yeah, yeah. it wasn't. That felt like Miramax. I don't think it was. Though. I'm not sure. I'm though. I'd have to go back because those are those are actually the Woody Allen movies I don't really care for. The the that right. like. Cr- uh, Christina Barcelona, whatever. Vicky, Vicky Christina, Christina Barcelona. Barcelona. Yeah, he had that like, era of those with, movies. Yeah, anything with a uh, with a uh, Black Widow, uh, Scarlett, Scarlett Johansson, and like Javier Javier Bardem. Yeah, but yeah, I I don't know. I don't care for those. Of Woody Allen. Movies. How many Woody Allen movies have we watched on the show so far? Fucking like three or, or something. Yeah, three or it's four. Like four. I don't know, it feels like it's no, four. No, we watched There's... Bullets Over Broadway, Deconstructing Harry, this, which is a Celebrity, which we said. We didn't do yeah. Radio Day. Oh, no. Yeah, Played yeah, Against yeah. Sam. Play yeah, and played against yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is our fourth. Jesus is, Christ. Woody Allen more than is getting else? more play on 150-odd episodes. Zemeckis on the freak show. I know. <laughs> I got to do something about that. Somebody will be usurped. How many Zemeckis movies do we have a running tie? We've done Back to the Future 1, 2, and 3. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 That's, like, okay. That's like one. Christmas Carol. 
is that's like two. Four. Death becomes her. Death becomes that's her. Like three. That's five. That's <laughs> five. Well, we got okay. like uh, forty more Woody Allen movies to go through. So these so are yeah. the two, all in good time. The, the greatest director. Turn into the Woody Allen podcast. <laughs> I think. <laughs> yeah. The two, I wish the two great directors. No, if it was a Woody Allen podcast, every podcast would go the same. I mean, even Pretty though I, I fucking love Woody Allen, but you know his. Not that his subject matter is the same, but his characters usually go through his the same. His characters exploring the subject matter. It's always, it's always. What choices have I made in my life? What choices did I make prematurely? Can I, can I cut off this long-lasting relationship to go with something I think is going to work out? But then, once you go with that new thing, it doesn't work out how you think it is. It's all about almost how you see how things could go in your mind. You <laughs> act on it. And then, like, oh, fuck, you know, you have this, like, harsh realization that, like, no, this is all... Is the grass greener? Oh, shit, it's yeah. not greener. And that's fuck. what I like about, I mean, I think Celebrity does show this in a, in a better way than a lot of his other movies. Because, I mean, we're looking at the cult of celebrity. We're looking at people that just fucking love people, like, no matter what, for any fucking reason, right? I mean, this movie... I mean, shit, the start of this movie is, uh, or Kenneth Branagh, what's it, Branagh? How did you pronounce it earlier? Branagh. 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 But, uh, so his character is a type of, uh, some sort of a Hollywood reporter or something like that. They really don't say. He's a journalist of some sort. Yeah, something of a. But, like, his first interviews with Melanie Griffith, right, where... She's a star that he's interviewing. Isn't he a vacation journalist? Like, he writes for a vacation He was, but he, or... I think he he, cha- he had that crisis oh. and he changed his... Yeah, he's his, trying to uh... amp up his career. Oh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. this is what I actually want to do, aside from being a novelist, but... Mm. But just the fact that we go from Melanie Griffith to uh, Kenneth Branagh's... Uh, I can't say his name. Branagh. 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 We go to his uh, his ex-wife, Brana. his like, recently divorced wife, who is at some sort of like a monastery. And right there, like right from your introduction... Uh, introduction? Your introduction <laughs> to the uh, monastery is like a bunch of people sitting around waiting for a popular television priest. You know, so yeah. it's like this whole movie goes through who are the celebrities. There's... People in comas that are like, oh, you know, they're you're, they're famous for just being in a coma. Yeah, I like that. That those there was the guy that what happened? He was in some sort of disaster, and they were like, it's on all the news. And he's like, what yeah, is, he was kidnapped. Yeah, what's he famous for being kidnapped? <laughs> yeah. Well, I was wondering, you know, when you were saying, I mean, Travis has obviously seen a lot of Woody Allen movies. He's your, your favorite director, yeah. I would say. So is. You know, you were talking before about how you know the, his characters are always seeing the grass greener on the other side. What's the best statement of that in one of the movies that he's made? I mean, I, I realize he also makes different stuff. You know, yeah. I mean, because uh, you know, Match Point is very different. Shadows and Fog is very different. I mean, like my you know, favorite version of that story. I mean, it's not really the same version of it. I, I mean, I don't necessarily is it the Purple know how Rose much I of walk. Cairo, where well, she no, literally you know, takes off with a yeah. a dream. You know, she goes to a movie theater. Then the guy comes off the screen to take her yeah. into like a fantasy land. I like my personal version is I like Sweet and Lowdown with um, Sean Penn. Sean Penn, where he's a musician that doesn't think he needs like other people or whatever, but he's really just kind of in denial. And then at the end, when he's kind of alone, you know, he really has that realization that like you know I made no commitment towards anybody because I was my own personal. 
whatever priority. And once he sees that he's going to be alone, he's just fucking distraught. And but I mean, but like I said, every movie has this kind of same idea that that you're married and things aren't working out the way you imagined that they'd work. I mean, it's all about imagination, right? It's all about how you imagined a relationship was going to work out. It's all about how you imagine this new one's going to work out and seeing, like, reality. Fuck it. I mean, Husbands and Wives is a really good one that uh, shows this because there's a character uh, in that movie specifically that, like, divorces a woman for a younger woman, but then, like... He sees that this younger woman can't. She doesn't understand the same things that his like quote unquote boring wife did, right? He mm. thought, "Oh, I'm getting this young, new, like fresh, exciting thing," but it's like this fucking chick doesn't know anything. She's so fucking young and stupid. She like almost doesn't have the same reference points as him. But they're saying, I mean, like it seems like that's like a you know an ongoing thread with the Woody Allen character. I mean, right, and he finally zeroed on it for an actual movie. Well, I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I think that's really, I mean, that's the human story, right? Everybody makes decisions. You've got to make your decision and stick with it. Then once yeah. you do, you got to be like, is this good? Do right. I, when do you give up? On, well, like, if you start feeling like your life is in a slump, when should you give up on it and start something new? Or when should you stick it through? Right. And hopefully things will kind of... Work out because, like I said, this movie uh, Kenneth Branagh is. I mean, this guy he's obsessed with celebrities, right? I mean, maybe it comes from his job, maybe it comes from just the society we live in. But like, he just everybody he meets, he's just like, "Oh my god, you're such an inspiration! How did you do this? How did you?" And people like I like in the beginning of this when he's um, well, he goes out with uh, Charlize Theron, who's like a model, like. When he goes with her to all this, all like her inner circle or whatever, the people she's hanging out with, like everybody is looking past this guy. Like, like he's like looking really uh, intrigued and in what they're saying. He's trying to have a conversation, but they're ignoring because he's not a fucking celebrity. You know, he's <laughs> he's just another fucking dude where they're like, oh, Charlie, Charlie's throw, you know, or whatever the fuck. Not she wasn't Charlie's throw, but <laughs> you know, the idea that they're they're all people only pay attention to celebrity. It's really. Fucking kind of weird. In a weird way, I kind of feel like this movie. I'm like going all over the place just because yeah. like holy shit, <laughs> like one thing at a time. Yeah, I didn't... <laughs> it was, it was too much. We had too much buildup. Too much. Too much holding on to it. Just like blah. Oh, we should mention that this it's filmed in black and white. It is black and white. Mm. Okay, I got I a question like about that, that. Joke that they made like that. <laughs> the, he's one of those like pretentious, pretentious actors that only always films in black and white. Yeah, directors that only does his movies in black. Why? And white. Why was this movie shot in black and white? Is well, it, but I, I guess that's the question. When, what when black and white is used as a device in a movie, like, is it? Does there have to be a reason other than just? You can save on lights. I don't know. Yeah, it's like other other than like yeah. you know what I feel like making a black and white film. I mean, usually it's supposed to. I mean, I assume right. You're. Because we've we're at the point where we shoot, we can shoot in color. We see in color, so to do something in black and white is to make well, a, a think make you think black of and white has more weight. Movie. You know, it just has more weight to it. Well, because it's it makes uh, things stark, right? I mean, you're 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 taking things down to a decision, say, to like a black or a white without a gray. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, that's definitely what I think. Because like what Travis is saying, you know, about the themes of this film and. Like really, what it's about is a choice. You know, either you want this, or you want you either you want what you have, or you want the thing that you might be able to get. You know, and I mean, with black and white, it just it strips down all of the uh, distractions. Mm-hmm. 
I guess. It's just you're just looking at this, you know. And that's it's the pretentious answer, but I think that's what it, I think that's what he's trying to show, you know, that it's like it's black and white. It's this or it's I mean, that. he has always went to black and I mean, he's got Manhattan, mm-hmm. um Stardust Memories, um Zalig, um, Shadows and Fog. Shadows in the Fog. I mean, he's always just went back to black and white every once in a while. I'm sure he just you know, those are the type of movies he grew up on, I'm sure. Yeah, but some of them, I mean, like Shadows and Fog, you know, you're trying to do, like, gaslit London murder mystery. Right. It's that kind of sense. doing that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it feels like that's, you know, it's, it's a crime to shoot those movies in color. But, you know, <laughs> on some of the other ones, it's like, is it just a stylistic choice? I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but is that all there I mean, is to it? Maybe it's budget. Maybe I mean... I would almost think that it would cost more. I don't know. I, I was saying, like you said before, like if you want to save on lights, but I think you have to, like, as far as lighting goes, specifically light more if you're going to do a black and white movie. Like, yeah, but you, you have be more, more specific opportunity with to, you know, you're not worried about necessarily, like, how many different colors or, I mean, you have sure. one type of light or whatever, and then, like, where's it going to go? How far is it going to be? Does it light my actor? Yeah, does it light the I actor, need. you know, mm. or something? Just because, like, I don't see a lot of. Like halo lighting in his black and white movie. I mean, he puts a light up somewhere, and but and usually you can see the harsh shadow. I mean, he usually doesn't even hide that. Like when Charlize Theron sure. is walking away from the car, I mean, you can see her harsh shadow. Right. But mm-hmm. it's like fuck it, it's black but and that, white. You're not well, that think might about be it. part of that might be part of the style, right? That we were going right. to do these harsh shadows, and you know, right? But he's in, not getting so specific that he's hiding an actor in shadow or or doing anything like that. No, it's, yeah, like, he's not going that far. It's not as artistic as that. It's still, like, naturalistic. Yes. Right? I guess. Even though... Because it's shot a lot like his other films. I mean, even though... Because it's uh, the Swedish guy, Sven Nykvist. Right? Yeah. Well, I want to say that maybe that guy had something... He's done, like, Ingmar Bergman movies and stuff like that, right? Sven Nykvist? Yeah. Nickfist? Yeah, I mean, he's considered one of the great cinematographers of, like, all time. So he comes over and he does this movie, and it's like, uh, they're not doing anything special with the frame, it seems like. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i not a cameraman, so, I mean, I don't know. You know, if they, I think they are. The, uh, but different, that's something that stands out other than, uh, you know, different than, say, deconstructing Harry, the well, way that that was shot. Specifically, there's conversations that they have I, I can think of one in particular when uh, towards the end when uh, Kenneth Branagh 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 and <laughs> when Winona Ryder shows up to that dinner they're having like this you know they're out for uh, drinks Winona or Ryder. whatever when Winona Ryder shows up with Hank Azaria and they're the camera almost like a Tarantino movie it, it kind of does this thing where it's moving behind the characters at the table but it's focusing like there's crosstalk, so Jean Grey, what's her name? Yeah, Famke Johnson, the lovely Famke Johnson. Yes, she's talking with uh, Hank Azaria, and then uh, Kenneth Branagh and Winona Ryder are talking, and they're on opposite ends of the table. And the camera, it's just doing this weird, like it's not weird; it's kind of brilliant, but it's doing like these pans back and forth. Showing like cross talk. It's showing yeah, like what it's, it's like to be in two conversations, like talking across mm-hmm. another conversation. Well, yeah, you know who yeah. else does that? Robert Altman, like in all of his yes. movies. Robert, yeah, when, Altman likes cross talk. Well, there was yeah. a couple of shots. What, talk, like, people talking over each other. Yeah, because yeah, it's trying to capture the, how realistic conversation happens. Altman, I know, they said he would go and like mic everybody. 
mm. in a in a set. And then, so the actors didn't know like where the cam- where the camera was looking. So you were like always as an actor on because the camera uh, could be looking at you, or yeah. in the mix later yeah. he could be listening to you. And that's something and that came from like nineteen thirties films. Like that came from. I mean, if you even go back and look at the uh, the original mystery of the House of Wax. I mean, people are talking. I mean, that's what back in the day they realized. Oh, this is the difference of, of realism versus you know stage shit is having people talk over each other. But who, who directed Mystery of the Mystery at the Wax Museum? I'm it, drawing a blank. I don't know. That was uh, I don't know. Yeah. But in this, and I know what you're saying. But uh, in this, it feels like it's very still very controlled. Like you know, like almost like certain conversations go to a whisper when other people are talking, and then they pick it up you know it's all it's probably the sound guy or something but there you're you're picking up on very specific moments like you know like he's asking winona Ryder, like how he met how she met hank yeah. azaria or you know and then they go back and he's talking about hank azaria's talking about the, you know this this uh uh article that he just finished writing or that they were in california and like they continue talking but it's just like they pick up on certain very specific moments that I think are so you think what, they all have scripted, to be like, timed out. Then. Yeah, yeah. You well, feel like they have to be very if, disciplined, but if it's to not do this kind of dialogue and this, well, but that's like if say that's sound engineer. You know, they're controlling in the editing process. They're controlling who you're hearing, and you know, you're raising and lowering yeah, that could people be. at right. whatever time. But you have to do that that's, at that's a time. Part of it, yeah. yeah you got to work out the timing. So, but like with, when I slide camera. the camera from say you to Jenny, that you know, or sorry, I guess it'd be past Jenny to Sean, then you'd be able to catch, you know, your conversation, what she's saying to Brent in the crosstalk, and then like over to Sean, which is talking back to you. I mean, there there has to be like that moment where, yeah. You know, there's a line that she says it's important, so mm. we got to catch that and go, pat, you know, in that slide. Yeah. I always think that that stuff's like, because it sounds like, you know, like you were saying that they were have like this freedom, or maybe not. You say you're saying it's very controlled. I think it's very controlled, think, yeah. and it's I, like I down think. to it. But it sounds like, I guess it, maybe yes. the, the effect is that you're actually listening to actual yeah. people talk. Yeah, yeah. Right. but I think that it's very, genius. yeah. I but I think to get yeah. it. Feeling so like free of you know just being a conversation conversation between people, I think it's very controlled, um, or I think the the actors have to be very disciplined in order to pull that off. Right. Well, especially like, there's a lot he of catches it in. But... Yeah. Well, he catches it in in long unbroken takes. He I've does. Yes, like yeah. That scene in the restaurant, for instance, mm. where the Judy Davis character is going around interviewing mm. all the celebrities are at the restaurant, where it's just like. I mean, if you fuck your lineup, it's on camera, you know? I mean, like, yeah. it's just an unbroken deal through that whole thing. Lots of uh, the wonders. So since you brought her up, I want to get back to talking about just the character story of this movie, not necessarily the filmmaking process. Mm. But, like, okay, so what you notice about this movie is, so uh, Kenneth Branagh is a... Uh, <laughs> is some sort As of it a, shall for, forever be pronounced. I can't, yeah. Branagh? Dude, I've, I've been looking at that name my whole Brana. life. I just can't do it. Brana. 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 And he's Brana. Really quickly, that that performance that yes. he does in that movie has to be like, I mean, a great understated or unrecognized performance. Maybe it was. I don't right. know. Got to go back and look. But he's playing Woody Allen. He is. Yeah. He's Woody Allen. Most Woody Allen movies that don't star Woody Allen, like that's why he got uh, um, whatever works. Damn it, Larry. Uh, 
Oh, Larry Seinfeld. David. Larry David. Oh, Larry David. Yeah, yeah. You get those people that, like, you know, he knows who kind of can sound like him in a weird way or who can be as insecure. But, like, okay, I like the idea that, okay, so this guy is kind of a writer, kind of somebody, uh, regardless of his, uh, just his journalist um, writing, you know he's a script writer and you know he's writing novels, right? Mm. And I think Frustrated in both counts. Well, but this is a theme, I think, that runs constantly throughout this movie, the fact that... People that are worshipped as celebrity don't appreciate the people worshipping them. Worshiping them. That's why he got divorced, right? It's because his, you know, obviously a wife loves you. A wife, like, obviously kind of, like, dotes over you. So he gets bored with it, right? But then, then he is trying to capture the attention of all these other celebrities around him. And then when his ex-wife kind of gets found by, uh, by, uh, Joe Montana. There's something very peculiar about you. (laughs) But, uh, so he turns her into like a newscast star, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's when you get to see that again at the end of the movie where he's like, oh, look at you. I mean, he's right back there. Like, she's now a celebrity. Now he can fucking obsess over her. Same thing with, uh, with, uh, Phoenix. Or not Phoenix. uh, (laughs) DiCaprio? DiCaprio. No, 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 not DiCaprio. Uh, Charlize Theron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jean Grey. Uh, oh, okay. Fomke Johnson. Once again, here's, a, here's another person in his life that, that thinks he, you know, she thinks he's a brilliant writer, right? You need to write your novel. You need blah blah blah, and he gets fucking bored with her. Like when someone's doting, he screws her over so bad. Too. Yeah, oh, so the bad. The day of, <laughs> she's moving into so his good. house, and he breaks up with her that morning. I know you're gonna think I'm an asshole, but. I gotta say this. But even like, okay, like he meets Winona Ryder on the set of the movie that Melanie Griffith is Right, making. at the very beginning. And right away, he's like, I know you. Oh, yeah, I was a waitress in this place. And like, just the fact that he recognizes her and like really like, you know, she gets off on it, right? Mm-hmm. But then later in the movie, when it finally gets down to it, ah, fuck it. You know, she gets bored with it. So this whole movie to me is about when you obsess over celebrity, those people get bored at you, but you as a person that obsesses over celebrity, you're only happy with people that are going to obsess over you in that same weird way, even though you also don't appreciate it. Like, no matter how fucking, like, little you are, you also don't appreciate it when someone, like, is just like, you're brilliant, oh, God, write your novel, I can't wait to see it, blah, blah, blah. You just start to lose fascination with people that are fucking so about you. Yeah, they they did that. They did it in a nutshell with Charlize Theron's character. Just like very, she's only in the movie briefly, but she's so conceited and vapid, and she Dude, just everything's eats about her. Up. <laughs> well, and, and she says shit like the whole thing about how I'm. Do you I'm, have any flaws? I'm well, completely fucking sexually aroused by everything. It's like one of those things. Like it's a flaw. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's like, a weakness. is that true or is that just a, an attention getting yeah, device that? Yeah. I'm going to make you think sexually yeah, about me. Definitely a getting device. To, uh, For sure it was. Yeah, well, think... the, the second point of that, I, you know, it's like I, I get the, the celebrity worship thing, but there's also, I think he's making a, a criticism about the imagination that we pour into the celebrity, right? The image or whatever, because yeah. it's yeah. kind of illustrated in the scene with Winona Ryder when he meets her for the second time at this dinner and then he, you know, goes off, he leaves Famke Jansen, like, the next fucking day after he <laughs> cha- has a chance encounter with Winona Ryder for the second time in the movie, and he's telling her, you know, it's like, you are this person who I know everything about you. And he does have, I guess, the first time that he meets her, the ability to point out three things about her off the top of his head that are 
virtually true. But it's very romanticized. You know, she, right. in a weird way, playing to her ego, right? Yeah. You could just be like, I dream about you. Well, I well, yeah, yeah. You know, but that's the thing. You, I guess that's what you do about the celebrity culture, right? You see yourself in the, the dream that you're seeing on the screen. Or it's kind of like it plays as a dream. The movies right. or the whole cult of celebrity. So he's doing it with this girl. And kind of like, this is, you know, I've dreamed you up. I wrote about you in this book, and I wrote about you in this book. And, you know, then the actual reality, when it comes down to it, ends up suffering because she isn't the person that he, yeah. in the image, uh, you know, she's not that hold to, held to that it's image. It's the right? same thing with, uh, what's the ex-wife's name, damn it? I can't think Judy of Davis. Yeah, Judy Davis. Same thing with her, right? You get to see how mentally, <laughs> we pronounce like, nobody's names right. mentally <laughs> fucked up she that. is, right? <laughs> Like, you get to see her whole struggle with, like, what she has to deal with. Then by the end of the movie, when she becomes this reporter, another, like, normal-looking person walks up and is like, oh, you're perfect, I love... Like, they didn't see how much of a mental fuck-up she's been pretty much up to this point, right? They're just giving her all this, like, oh, since you're a celebrity, your hair looks perfect, you dress beautiful, you're so friendly, la la la. They don't see that from the beginning of the movie, I mean, she is psychologically fucked up you know there's something that happened well just the divorce i guess really mm-hmm. and i think that's another thing that woody well, Allen. she's got other issues too <laughs> well, and those that, are i think yeah. those are real fucking people right you're told yeah. that this is going to be your life abc right you find someone you love you get married you have a family you live happy once someone rejects that you know you're like well what the fuck is wrong with me you know, what, what, if this is if, if life goes A, B, C, and you rejected me, obviously, you know, there's something incredibly fucking wrong with me. And I just really like how Woody Allen uh, tackles that subject really time and time again. Like, I really don't think you can get bored with it because I think that's the human story. Once again, like, even though he's made 40 movies kind of based on the same <laughs> fucking thing. I think you can tell it again and again and again because it's like this is what everyone fucking goes through. This is every human being's fucking experience on right. Earth. You can relate to it. Everyone can relate At to it. At least in one of those movies. At least in one of his fucking movies. Right. Well, I guess it's a thing. Like, if the movies, I mean, I've seen enough of them to say, you know, that they're not all interchangeable. But there are times, it seems like, when he tackles certain subjects and shoots them in a certain way and casts like the same people that it does kind of feel like it's all one you know long running movie like if you come in like you know two hours like after just deconstructing harry got out it feels like you know you could pick it up again in in celebrity right or has he ever had characters run over from movies uh, no, not as far as I know. He just does use a lot of the same actors just because it's kind of that, you know, once you find people sure, that work, right. you fucking stick with They're them, They're your right? people, yeah. A lot of New York actors. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, he just, he's always had that, right? He he started off with Diane Keaton and kind of morphed her into a good actress. Then Mia Farrell fucking got her an Oscar. Uh, 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 Scarlett Johansson. He just he like he does. He finds these certain people. I think he's got muses at certain points. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think very for much sure. so. Oh yeah, yeah because it's like why else over multiple he, movies. Yeah, yeah, continuously. Like he's over seen something's like oh I, I like them. And like then, now I want to say I think his new uh, dame is uh, Emma Stone. 
I she think was in so. a couple of them. She was in Magic in the Moonlight. Yeah. Mm. I don't know if she was in... She, she might be in... She might have been in a few other. Or she might be in one other one, or she's going to be in another one. But yeah, I'm like, saying yeah. she's like the new picks, one, right? Yeah. Like like uh, Scarlett Johansson was the one from the, the early 2000s, yeah. right? Made fucking, what, at least like four or five movies with her? Vicky Cristina <laughs> Bartolona, Scoop, Scoop. Uh, Match Point. Yeah. Like, you know... <laughs> That's interesting because, you know, that's basically what Kenneth Branagh does with Winona Branagh. Ryder. Branagh, whatever. Branagh. With, Branagh. with uh, Winona Ryder, he's, she becomes his muse. So maybe Woody Allen's aware of it. And so he projects that into the character. Yeah. Well, how much of the, that's the question is how much of these stories that he tells are like his own personal therapy session, you know? I mean, yeah. does, it feels very personal, and you know, and I guess that's why it makes me wonder. You know? But I think that's what makes a good entertainer, right? A lot of people that see a stand-up are just, oh, Woody Allen's this neurotic nerd. It's like, that's a fucking character, people. Do you think Jerry Lewis is just like, oh, lady? You know? yeah, it's like to that. be able to write with the authority, I think, that he does on these subjects, it feels like... But he does stick to one subject. Yeah. For real, I mean, but that's that's not like a neurosis. <laughs> well, but uh, see, I don't think so because most filmmakers, to me, stick to one. Woody subject. Allen is all neurosis. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, but it's, but every human is neurosis. I don't think Woody Allen is neurosis because I mean, he's been married for like forty fucking years. Yeah, that's in a weird situation. But <laughs> but like and his so, muses seem to get old, and then he like goes for a younger woman, <laughs> right? Or whatever. Yeah, isn't that a, Scar like, Joe. Scar Joe is aged out, so Emma it's Stone. Therapeutic. Yeah, right. he's writing. He's he's vicariously living through these. Uh, right. That's what characters. I guess. That's what I'm yeah. getting at. Yeah. That it feels well, like that's his. This is the stuff that's keeping him alive and keeping him sane and keeping his marriage, you know, functioning and you know whatever it's other fest. Really like, doing it, right. I mean, right. Yeah. Acting on it, I guess. Yeah, because I like. Yeah, I guess that's what it is. It, instead like, of acting yeah, on it, right? Because I mean, I still like. I don't know. I mean, I think that, that that's what makes a good writer, you know. Because I mean, once again, this guy's been nominated than more times than anybody else for best screenplay. I mean, this guy's the fucking nominated motherfucker. Well, he writes like twelve movies a year. Yeah, right. But, well, like you're saying, <laughs> like, that's what makes you, he, I think he can identify the shit that does this because for him. who couldn't, right? He's really looking at the dark side of humankind. Well, he right? is. He's but looking he's at seeing, that. Like, he's, like, seen, he's identifying stuff that maybe people like experience but can't like pin down. But he can are there, do it. Are there yeah. too pussy or, themselves to or, go through right, the major can't. changes in their life? I mean, that's why through right. his characters, but he can identify it and he can you know write write about it and he can he can somehow you know. He can get it out this way. <laughs> I gotta tell you, that's the one thing I've learned from Woody Allen movies: is to fucking to dump a chick at the most awkward <laughs> time because that's what the right it's the right thing to do. Even though, I mean, that's what I love about because like I mean, what Kenneth Branagh was doing I mean it was the right thing to do as soon as you fall in love or you think you're in love with somebody else you can't possibly live a lie with with this other person but he's so, looking at things like all right he, he's seeing examples like all right you should have done it then and he's doing it in the movie like he's identifying the spot where you should have done this and he's making the movie and showing like people actually doing it at that time like I'm sure he's seen uh people do it like and go through their lives and not and having not done like so he's not sure. dumping that's the woman at the be, time, but and be he's, everyone, and he's right? made, well, that's what I'm saying. Like people go through their lives and then don't do the shit you see in his movie. He's identifying the spot where, like, yeah, you should have dumped her at this moment right here, and he's doing that in the movie. I like that the ex-wife 
she actually has that line about like, what do you do when you're 40 and you've like weighed your life out in a what she say like a teaspoon size coffee? Uh, something she makes coffee. something yeah, yeah. about and like a coffee spoon, and yeah, I think yeah. that's a fucking brilliant idea, right? I mean, there's unlimited possibilities to what your life could hold, mm-hmm. and and just because of whatever reasons, schooling or or marriage, but I mean, we really try to get focused on oh no this has to be the path but it's like well fuck but your life could be anything you want it to be regardless if it hurts other people regardless of of the moves you got to make to make it happen but it could happen like right now everybody right here could change their fucking lives i can make a few decisions right now that would just hurt a lot of people and but, just, but go off and change Because sometimes it's best for you, right? Should you live your whole life making sure others are happy around you if you're miserable? I mean, that's what I love about it, right? Is I'm miserable, why am I miserable? It could be A, B, or C, or D. Um, then you, you make your fucking move. You fuck up. You don't realize, like, oh, shit, I was happy. I was just so far <laughs> well, you don't removed know that, from the right. situation. That's what she's saying. Right. With, you know, the, the ex-wife character says that luck is a component in this decision-making process. Because it's like, you know, the Kenneth Branagh character Branagh. makes these. I'm going, I'm going with Bron. Bron. I'm Americanizing his Irish. So, you know, but the idea that he comes to these decision-making points and instead of giving it any kind of consideration, he goes like wherever his yeah, he just heart goes. tells him to go. You know, consequences be damned, and that's why he leaves this like this trail of destruction in his wake. You know, yeah. yeah. Where it seems like uh, I lost my train of thought because I was th- talking about Judy Davis, her character. Well, I was suddenly thinking about like the way to hurt him was the way you know through his novel, the way that Famke Jensen yeah. actually does it. Because when he does break up with her, he's giving her this kind of like, well, you know, to, to he doesn't say you to minimize the damage. Yeah, he says, but you know, I think we can address this rationally and kind of, you know, <laughs> in order right. to smooth things over. It's like, well, yeah, you're the one who says you want to break up with her. She just got this information right now, and you're trying to go like, well, we can all just be, you know, kind of like cool and sedate about this and go like you know okay handshake and we're just gonna you walk can leave away stuff here for a little bit it's okay yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. well like it would be yeah. easy for him <laughs> well like how so the... she gets him back by stealing his fucking completed manuscript he worked <laughs> like five years and throwing it into the fucking uh, hudson river i like how his ex-wife has the same react like when she goes to that the screening and runs into kenneth brana at the uh with uh Montaigne? Never think of his name. Yeah, Joe Montaigne. Montaigne. I can only do a Fat person. Tony. Yeah, Fat Tony. <laughs> oh, yes. how terrible this thing happened. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but when she does it, she's like, "Oh, we're so mature now." Well, uh, obviously, we can just kind of whatever. And then when she sees him, she starts fucking flipping out. Because that's what I love about Woody Allen movies. It does seem like a lot of his characters, they're this really sophisticated like. Or at least that's I guess I guess that's what he wants. Maybe that's his hope, right? Because there's the same scene in Played Against Sam where he's like, "Oh, you know, this guy's gonna freak out when he finds out with his with his wife," and he imagines that scene where they're just like, you know, "Oh, I'm dating your wife." Oh, really? Well, you know, <laughs> like just this idea that we as adults understand that people fall in and out of love and love. Yeah, so you should up. be okay with it. You <laughs> should just be okay with it. Like, you know, it it just happens. You know, so I like that they really. Uh, because a lot of his characters are okay in a lot of his movies, but I like how in this everybody's just like, "Fuck no, it's not okay." You know, like I'm distressed about it. You know, this has like ruined my life. I thought we were in love. I, uh... but like even uh, even talk about the celebrity. I mean, I like how he goes to a, Kenneth 
Kenneth. What's, his, what's the fucking Brana. character's name? Oh, uh, Lee. 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 For a while there, I was like, what is this? I like how, Lee. yeah, I was like, what the fuck? Lee. I like how he, he go, even he... Even at his high school reunion, there's the celebrityism. There's here's the guy from our high school class oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. that fucking made it big time. I mean, his whole, everything he looks at is people he wishes he was. What was the subject of his book that he pitches to the publisher when he gets an opportunity? I know it was like about culture and how like everybody the is a celebrity. Culture, right? for, how did he put it? Do you remember? Oh, I thought he was, just said, "Why do we choose the celebrities we choose?" It, right? Was that in well, a no, it's about everybody's famous. Everyone. Well, was it? I thought that was the second, like the or one that why, the chick approved. The one, like, as in the one like I remember is the him. one where the publisher comes up to him like later on. It's like, oh, yeah. I remember your book. It right. was about this, and we had just had another author who was just like uh-huh. proposed the same thing that you did, and I would love to see your take on it. Well, it floated away. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it was about how we make things famous. Well, I think that's genius, right? That the idea that you think uh, uh, Fomke... Fomke Johnson. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I need some character names. Jean Grey. Jean Grey. Thank you. Jean, Jean Grey. Grey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that scene, yeah. Yeah, they're like, oh, Zenia she basically Anita. sold his novel idea. And he's like, oh, she's selling a screenplay. <laughs> 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 like, the screenplay he's working on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, wait, wait, was again, he talking about the one chick who's like, I write like Chekhov. Oh, yeah. I, was he talking Chekhov? about her? I write like him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I write screenplays. But once again, what, she's doing the same thing uh, uh, Lee is doing, right? The fact that, I mean, I, I get the idea. The only reason he wants to be a writer is to be held to the standard yes. or held up high the way he views all these other celebrities. Mm-hmm. I don't think he really wants to be a writer or, uh, or not. But it's a way to he get him to that. He wants people to notice anything about him. Yeah, that's you know? why he tries to make it in film first, because he thinks people are more into watching But that's movies. also why yeah, he's, he's like, oh, it's too hard but to But that's a a novel, also it's... why he moves from woman to woman, because they he wants them to notice something about him. And they do. Tomka Johnson notices something about him soon, in his novel, but as soon as that comes to fruition, he's just like, ah, it's I gotta bittersweet. Move. It is. It's not And he's gotta move he wanted, on from you know? that. Like, and then he moves to Winona Ryder, who notices something else about him. And then that wears thin as they go along. Because once, I mean, this movie doesn't necessarily talk about this, but yeah, what is he, does, are they, do they love the he's artist they celebrity. think he is? Or do they love the man that he is? You know, they well, the really... Famke Jansen, I think, loves the man and is encouraging him to be an artist. The Winona Ryder is infatuated by his intense... Well, the attention she gets. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah. Well, that and from Charlize, him. definitely. Charlize wants the attention. Yeah. yeah. Well, from anybody, really, yeah. right? Because, yeah. I mean, as soon as the guy... I like how there's that scene where... I mean, he's just gonna... I mean, he basically just met this girl... And, you know, she sneezes once and like, oh, my God, oh, my God, I need this fucking super hard to get herb. And he's on the phone trying to, yeah. I mean, he's fucking doing anything. And then he goes back to the dance floor. She's dancing with this, like, black athlete guy or whatever. <laughs> I love that. I love that scene. It's like, I'm sure you've got a huge uh, career, schedule or, yeah, yeah, a right. career or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, obvious big black dick joke. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh yeah, obviously. <laughs> well, the Kenneth Branagh character, I mean, seems to do okay with the ladies. The first time we meet him, he's when he's taking the star uh, that. Uh, Oh yeah, Melanie that Melanie Griffith, Griffith plays mm. around. You know, like to, they go back to her house or whatever where she grew up. My body belongs to my husband. My head, on the other hand, <laughs> yeah, but he's just like that. Yeah. He's just like he's got the moves. I guess whatever. Well, it's you know, it's like what? Well, so once she, again, he knows. I think 
from being some sort of a celebrity journalist, he knows how to play to their egos, right? It he knows how so. to just be like, you're yeah. so fucking beautiful. I mean, he does. as soon as he, any woman he meets in this, he just fucking gives it like, oh my god, you're beauty, you're, you're this, you're that. I mean, he just exudes fucking... I know it's Worship. a movie, but I'm just it's, amazed it's at how often the women. that works it's also, for it's just, it's not. I don't think we can peg it down to women. I think we can peg it down to celebrity because he almost does the same thing with DiCaprio. Yeah. When he's going to the meeting with him, he's like describing the screenplay to him, but describing what – like I know what you can do for this. Yeah, and this is an awesome part. Like, yeah, he doesn't we just gotta do it to women. That. You're absolutely right. right. He doesn't we're just sure do it to women. That. He does it to celebrity. He does it to the thing he's he's, he's holding people at a higher standard yes. than he holds himself. So, yeah, but, but, he, some but that's that, what he's going some after. Some of that is the gateway, right? I mean, when he meets, yes. you know, Melanie Griffith. He's or sorry, it was the Charlize Theron character, right? Yeah. That's was, the no, it was the Melanie Griffith character. Charlie you know, I got, I have this uh, script that you'd be perfect for. I mean, you sit there and you're looking at it because I guess I was mistaking the intention of the movie at the very beginning. Mm. <clears throat> because she's, all, you know, being approached by people who want an autograph, you know, other hangers on and how they're pampered on the set, the celebrity. And then they get into a car with this journalist and then he's got something he wants to pitch. Everybody has to be pitching stuff to a celebrity all the fucking time. I mean, you see, you know, the DiCaprio character behaving completely irresponsibly, but, you know, who cares? Um, he's famous. All these people are, like, basically genuflecting to his presence when he walks outside on the street, being arrested even, you know? Yeah, yeah I want to – Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I talk about that for a second? Or yeah. Or lose your thought? I love that scene where, like, he gets in, a like, a super big fight with uh, the uh, the – uh, she was Matt Damon's wife in Rounders. She was the mother in Always, Boardwalk yeah. Empire. Oh, I love that chick. She's that's oh, Gretchen Mall, isn't it? Oh, is it? I is think it? it was. She was yeah. also in Sweet Lowdown. Just the last scene where uh... yeah, the blonde. Yeah, yeah, that's Gretchen Mall. The yeah. one was screaming at him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But I like how I mean, there, there's yeah. this ultimate fucking fight, and like he tried to throw out the window. He was gonna kill her, and it's like it fucking kind of looked like it, right? You know, yeah. he's this crazy he's fucking celebrity. In that regard, yes. Oh yeah, he's he has as a he, he has the dick. same fight in fucking Wolf of Wall Street. He does. <laughs> he it's does. the same fight. Yeah. But I like how as soon as he goes outside, she comes running and like I'm not gonna press any charge. I mean, it just shows <laughs> right, how celebrities yeah. and can then the act hotel up. comes out. Oh, the hell! The hotel, like we're yeah. not gonna. It's fine. We like we like fucking money. We want. We like his money, the attention here. he's bringing to us. We want that. He and likes the, this when hotel. When the fucking cop asked for an autograph. Oh, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> kind of, that was going to arrest her. Well, like infantilizes celebrities, right? I mean, that's basically why they think that they're able to. I mean, I'm saying this is the movie's thesis. I don't know. Uh, you know but, but it's right. You know, the, <laughs> the idea that, like, there are all these pampered children running around, like, behaving just however you want like to children. without. Yeah. Very selfishly, without any regard for the people around you. And, I mean, it's got to be weird, right, though? That everybody, like, comes up to you and wants something from you. Every single person that you meet. Well, they have, like, a false sense of fucking... Yeah, how crazy would you be? Uh, yeah, no, if, if that's if, because it's like, because I got yeah. to the position I'm in by however I got here, mm. like, everyone else wants to use me as a stepping stone to meet the people that I know. How crazy would yeah, we all Yeah, even Joe Montana's character, even though yes. he's very generous, Joe his Martini. whole his whole family, his whole you know, family, yeah. is oh. asking him for favors. Get me into this restaurant, you know, there's a, right. there's a six-week wait, get me get me Nick's tickets, get me this, get Yeah, me once again, right, yeah, how yeah. family views you yeah. as celebrity. I mean, Whoa. that's what I like about this movie. I like yeah. how it takes all these different characters and shows how people either worship them or... It just shows what people want out of the celebrity idea. 
Well, I always wonder, too, because Moody Allen has to, you know, he has to be somewhat sympathetic to that point of view because he is a celebrity and goes through this shit himself, you know? Yeah. Well, so he's I, writing from the inside on that. Back to Joe Montana's character, though. I, Joe thought, <laughs> I, like, I like how they made one generous celebrity because he said, you know, he didn't have a lot when he was growing up and he, he actually enjoys helping his family in that regard. Like getting them those favors and yeah. doing but he's like a producer. Them. He's yeah, like a behind but, the scenes. Mm. He's not like seen as. But to his right. family, he is. To his yeah. family, yeah. yeah. There's that's what I like. Yeah, there's all these different because in the same conversation or in the same scene, that's when you have everybody talking to like an older woman who's like a grandmother. Like you don't know this guy. She's like, eh, no, nah, I don't know him. I mean, that's the scene that shows you how celebrities are passing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just it's you know. Yeah. Here today, gone tomorrow. Like they could be the biggest fucking shit nowadays. But when we're eighty, it's like, hey, who the fuck knows that guy? Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's when we're eighty, right? It's not necessarily. No, you know, yeah. your stars are your your celebrities are your celebrities. Once you get yeah. past a certain age, you don't give a fuck. These people aren't special. Yeah, They're I not, feel that you way know. now. You know about like up and coming certain celebrities. It's like yeah. I don't know who they are. Right? You're just I like who? Care. Who the Alan fuck? Alan Thicke is doing like commercials for I just heard one today. I can't Alan remember Thicke. what the fuck it was. No, but we it just like, pegged yourself to a decade. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I remember him as the dad on uh, what was it? Growing Pains. <laughs> and now because no, I'm like nobody else knows Alan Thicke. And Robin Thicke got him that they, job. Yeah, they all know <laughs> 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 Do yes. a favor for my dad, my yeah. pa. But it's just it's weird that like and I'm not even saying that he's you know obviously not my generation but I recognize his work for my generation. But, like, <laughs> yeah. as I get older, I'm like, oh, Alan Thicks, you know, they use him as pitch people now. That's the curse of celebrity, right? Yeah. Well, they'll always be your celebrities. I guess that's what you I mean, this is, a, this is going a little <laughs> we'll outside know who they of the... Are uh, yeah. We're 80. A little outside of the podcast, but a lot of actors do commercials, just not in our the country they're popular. Oh, yeah. You know, they... Like those actors would go off to fucking China or Japan because and do they're going to make some ads. fuck. I mean, yeah. that's how Sylvester Stallone's made three fucking Expendable movies. It's like, hey, do you like toothpaste? Hey, yeah. You know, <laughs> fuck, you know? oh, yeah. Colgate's my fucking favorite. <laughs> All right, I'm Rocky Bo, the Italian stallion. Some people say I'm the American dream. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's... But what you said about... Like, even though the ex-wife was talking about how you're lucky in love at the end, I I mean, I think that's supposed to be attributed to the celebrity as well, right? You are lucky. You're not special. You're not fucking smarter than anybody. You're right. lucky. That's all right. you Celebrity didn't, didn't bring you to that luck, Will. Yeah, because yeah. they even say, like, what does he say? I think it's Kenneth Branagh that has a Branagh. line. Branagh. Branagh. That, that has a line, something about. Shake uh, your head. <laughs> I'm shaking my head. <laughs> there's there's going to be a drinking game. <laughs> <laughs> Kenneth uh, Branagh, the director of Cinderella. Thor. Oh, Thor. Okay. Branagh. Jack Ryan, Shadow Recruits. Are. What? Oh, true. What does he say, though? <laughs> he says something like, or somebody says to him, you know, like, nobody's going to be a celebrity. You're lucky to be. Be like it was. It was something. Oh, it was the Andy Warhol thing. You said the Montaigne. We're talking about the fifteen minutes. Yeah, Yeah. Andy Warhol (laughs) believes that there's a fifteen minute. Everybody's famous for fifteen minutes. He's like, I don't think most people are famous at all, and some people are for like what he said, like a minute or two. Yeah, he said, I don't think no one's. Or yeah, it was something. It was perfect. Yeah, yeah, it was. It summed it up, which is what Travis is talking about. Yeah, just basically telling his uh, whatever. um, What's her name? Judy Davis. Yeah, just basically telling her how lucky she is. Like, hey, live it up. Enjoy it because it's going to be gone. She is really my favorite character in this whole movie. I just like the idea that she's so fucking... 
I mean, she, she to me, is the Woody Allen character. She is the fucking raw nerve of this movie. She is the person that any little thing fucking totally ruins her life, right? No, she's also the underdog, right? She's the yes. one who's yeah. disadvantaged. Right. I I like she's the one who's got to go from bottom to top. Yeah. Someone Especially by, from the beginning her, to the end of this movie. Yeah, she does. She gets to the top, right? She becomes one of these celebrity people. That... Is that the top, then? Is that what it's saying? That well, to be a celebrity but, for, but for her. For and her, I think that's... In this reality, but, right? But in I this think, town. And if I you're think in L.A., and I think it's a big thing for this movie because it's all about perspective of where you're at, especially when we're like talking about celebrity. It's like celebrity for who it means different things. Like I right. think everyone will have their 15 minutes of fame, but it's just on you know different levels. Yeah, like your fame can be big as you know one of the celebrities, or it can be very small within well, the your coma world. People, right? The like that is that 15 are, minutes of fame, but on the, their level. Yeah, like everybody does get that, but I think it's just on different levels. You got your name in the paper. You were right. interviewed on the local news. Right, and that is somebody's 15 minutes of fame. Right. But it's just a different level. That is celebrity. It's like how you react to it. Yes, you, also I mean, that. She's obviously, at least by the end of this movie, she's a very humble per. You know, she understands her celebrity. Yes. She's really fucking humble about it. But, you know, other people would, you know, who knows. Yeah. But I think it also yeah. it also uh, puts, like, at the start of the movie, like, you get Kenneth Branagh more up top and her at the bottom and then by the end of the movie it's definitely reversed well, it in a weird, well he's kind of in the same place right yeah he's in the same place at the beginning of this movie right yeah he, he starts up, that's why I like how I mean that the, and the ends in the same place the Melanie Griffith movie they're shooting at the beginning of the movie has the the airplane writing help in the sky right and that's like the last scene <laughs> yeah. you end on is the and fact that yeah, he's sitting in the theater the, by yeah, himself he is, he's the same spot looking at the fucking help sign you know yeah. because he just like, realized or at least to me right it's the filmmaker or whoever realizing, like, this guy, he's living a fucking fantasy life, you know? He's only worshipping, he only has love for people that he doesn't fucking know mm-hmm. that he, you know, and he doesn't respond to even his own work because he's too busy worshipping other people to pay attention to his shit, right? He needs... He needs a woman there to be like, oh, do it, do it. I love your novel. I lo-. That's the only way he can work on his novel or his screenplays. If someone's there telling him how great it fucking is, if they're, he needs the audience before he he can get to the art. Yeah, in a but weird way. when he did that, when he wrote that novel, I did get the impression that that wasn't just you know him trying to you know make something for the uh, the whatever fame. I guess yeah, the but fame it for it that you know? it would have been something. Yeah, that one would have been something because that, I think yeah. it felt like it was genuine, right? Yeah, it was like after, she, yes. pr- you know, kind of prodded him to make something that was genuine, mm-hmm. well, and I all, think that's why it, you know it was like that's how you you know stick it to him yeah, by throwing that away. It was like you. that's the only way, the, yeah. the only thing that this guy really cares about, right. you know, was this thing that, chance at celebrity. Is that thing. how you took it, or that yeah, it was like this was it. a genuine thing that he actually because nah. it was an opinion that he had. You know, it was. I think that was I like took his. It as more genuine too. Yeah, th- this was like a real thing that she yes. coaxed out of him. That no, he, he vomited like, up onto he's pages. He's breaking her heart, and he just away. has all these like really like uh, logical. And then, but when he sees the manuscripts gone, he's like, "Hey, hey!" I mean, that's but, where his emotion is. Right, it's but everything before her, that, like, even though, I mean, she's yeah, getting ready the thing, to because it's but a but the real thing, thing he created was a real thing. Like that's why she had like he was on the right path. With her, like he yeah. had created something genuine yeah. that was going to be something. 
and then like something got in the way. But, but what if like, that was when, just like, going to be his celebrity though? That's what I'm saying. Like it, yeah, maybe the novel was his real blah blah blah, but that was his chance at celebrity. That was his chance to be with these people that he's also been gawking that. at the whole movie, right? Mm-hmm. There's all, that is also part like of it, but it was also big, like it was plot. something. It was substantial. Yeah. I think that that's the main plot, and then the subplot is that it was something that was his, that he created, that he was proud of. Not only to be a celebrity, but he put you know at least two years into it, and he was proud of it. He actually did something. Like, he idolizes this, fan, this celebrity throughout the movie, and like he's got this... The thing he created that could like put him at that level, I don't but know. well, I, I I think I think uh, I'm with Travis on this one. I think that he is because there's so many scenes of him being so superficial and so uh, uh, what would you call? It? I mean, I guess just just you know you know basically uh, adoring the celebrity. I don't think that there's anything genuine about the guy. I mean, there's there's the scene at the uh, like. His whole big like midlife crisis is when he goes back to his high school reunion, and he sees all how old everyone has gotten, and that he's like, "Oh man, I'm old too. I need to get a hot young, you know, sleazy girl like the girl up on stage." Yeah, why am I married to this chick that makes me miserable when I should be fucking some I, blonde uh, dumbass, you know, that this guy's yeah. with? <laughs> but I think like, that's I, his I, downfall. Well, that's that's absolutely his downfall. But I mean, I don't think that like. Whether or not what he wrote in that book in that novel is worth a damn, I don't know. I, I think it would have been. Like I think it, the movie builds it up to to say that something like the, what he was onto was something that would have been worthwhile. But he 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 threw it away because of you know obviously going after Winona Ryder rather than sticking with Thompson Johnson. Like so, I think so like the the novels that uh, metaphor. For the story within that. He had his opportunity to become the celebrity, but he threw it away to go with someone who viewed him as the celebrity. Well, that he, still right. like, he still yeah, wanted to worship. He still wanted to worship. But, right, yeah. right. And not like actually take the time to become an appreciated artist. Right. Yes, or whatever. and yeah. he threw it away because of that, because he wanted to worship it. But I think the thing, the novel is what would have made him that, but he threw it away to continue worshiping it. And that's when Fomley Johnson's throwing shit away. Jesus like, he has that opportunity, but he throws it away. I wonder how easy or difficult it is to be an actor in a Woody Allen movie, because... I feel like you got to be sweating bullets on set every day. That's I what mean, it feels like to yeah, me. Yeah, because it seems like, like a Tarantino movie or some writer that we attribute long sections of, you know, paragraphs. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. Where it's like, you're on screen, you're going to be talking for, th- like, three or four pages. Instead of just like help, it's over there. Go it's there. It's so and emotional it. to me that, like, I don't know. Not that I'm saying I think it'd be easy, but it just seems like everything's so emotional that it seems like it wouldn't be a big deal to like step on each other's lines to mess up a little bit because you're so frantic and talking with somebody or whatever. But is that even is that ad libbing or is that like these are the actual scripted lines? Feels like lines? there's a lot of rehearsal. Yeah, I'm sure like, you. Like because I, mean, I think yeah. Woody Allen does direct plays, right? Because that's obviously what Woody, Woody Allen was a comedian that started writing plays, then started making movies. Because mm-hmm. obviously that's where the money is, or whatever the fuck. But so I think he still took everything he learned about playwriting into filmmaking. Yeah, because you could almost in watching this movie, you could almost if you're watching the camera movement, you can if you, if the camera were just to like go back twenty feet. Yeah. And just to view it as a play, like it could be, 
Yeah. Like, that's how Which it is. Which I would is. say that's a lot of his earlier films do that. Mm. A lot of Woody Allen's earlier films directs like that, where you put the fucking camera back, you can really see, like, mm. usually a ceiling to the, like, right. like thigh shot of a right. lot of people, and you're really just, you know, people walking back and forth, right. talking over get, each other. A lot of his stuff does have that 1930s film noir or play type of... Well, I think I asked you this before on the last Woody Allen podcast but i don't remember your answer has woody allen ever wrote written a novel or like published anything that wasn't a stage play or a screenplay i mean he's got he does have like three novels but they're not like novels novels they're all like either comedic short story i mean they're just ideas really i mean I don't think something. he's ever a written fiction. A, I suppose like a fiction. Yeah, but they're usually like. Meant for but it's almost like read, the the way performed. most comedians write novels is the way he his novels are right, where you're taking a lot of your ideas that maybe you couldn't figure out a bigger thing for it, and you're just wanting to you know show people some of your slight ideas. Or mm-hmm. so he does have three books, but they're not. You know, they're not novels. Novels. I mean, he does have some plays that weren't turned into movies. Um, I can't imagine him writing a novel. Like I, I imagine everything he writes needs to be performed. Uh, really? That, that's, yeah. that's what it feels I mean, like. He's in my in my limited interaction with with uh, Woody Allen, like it feels like the things he writes need to be performed by somebody. Yeah. Is it because of the joke? The, the, like because he writes comedies. This is a comedy. He's, everything he does. I mean, this it's is dramatic, it's but comedic. it's a yeah. comedy. I mean, there's there's jokes and punchlines, setups and punchlines. You know, I was going to propose to you, or I was going to ask you to marry me, or what? Is, what do you oh, want for yeah. dinner tonight? Like uh, oh, spaghetti? Yeah, oh, I was going to. Yeah, that was funny. I was going to ask you to marry me. Penne, penne. With, yeah, with, yeah, with the sauce. Yeah, that's funny. But once again, I love that idea that, like, you know, once again, being struck with celebrity when he meets Winona, or like when he. Uh, uh, meets her again at the end, and she's like, "Oh, you know, I, a lot of people think they can like hold me down and they can get me to be uh, um, faithful and whatnot." But mm. once again, his whole his mind is just fucking right. working and working and working. That well, like, he's oh, not yeah, listening can... to her. He's projecting the, the image again. The which I, yeah. you know, I think that's the core of celebrity worship: projecting Projection. the image. Onto the person, it's not the actual person, and he does. And when want he finds a out who marriage. she actually is, yeah, she's you know, not he, that. Yeah, person. yeah. Every celebrity yeah. he meets doesn't want that boring marriage, but he really, even though he feels like he doesn't want it or he thinks he doesn't want it, it's it's, it's almost like he wants the boring marriage, but with an exciting person. Yeah. That's almost what it is, right? Like, like, like his uh, ex-wife wasn't good enough because she's a normie, right? She's just a normal person. Blah 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 blah. But he, I think he. Why Famke Jensen wasn't good enough for him? I don't. Yeah, get. I would own a writer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy take your battles, buddy. Yeah, that one but then again, but like I said, she liked him, which he drove away the most. Right. The way all yeah, other celebrities it. do. You fucking if he feels love, it's it's wasted Done. on him. You know, it's Done. like ah, mm. you yeah. know, it's nothing he needs to strive for. Right? Well, that that's, that seems to be one of the Woody Allen like. I mean, again, man, I don't know, but it definitely is characters, like a defining characteristic, right? I find it's well, like, I find, well, I mean, in most of his movies that we've watched, it feels like that's the way that it goes, right? It's like once, once it's like there's the unattainable yeah. person or item or whatever, and once you get it, then you know, then there's no more mystery, there's no more excitement, and then something else 
I mean, that's... Which is, is really everything, right? I mean, even if you can't wait to go see a movie next Friday, you have in your mind what it's going to feel like, how excited you're going to be, how happy you're going to be after the movie, then you fucking see it, and you're like, huh, well... That's fucking reality done. sucks. You know, reality was nowhere <laughs> near what I thought. We're not talking about Star Wars, okay? Yeah, yeah. I was actually thinking about me and uh, me and Colin here went to Chicago to see a band, right? It was Goblin, which oh, yeah. is like, this was their first fucking American tour ever. And they're, they've been like a band for horror movies since the fucking 60s. And when we were there, I was like, this is surreal. I'm not really here. I had this whole idea. What, what's it going to be like to fucking see Goblin live in concert? Oh, my God. All these famous horror movies, soundtrack songs. And blah, With blah. a name like Goblin. Dude. It has to be good. And but they're the, all old and they don't dude. look like themselves. But sitting there, it's like I, I almost wasn't there. I almost wasn't there. Because it's just like, fuck, this is nowhere near how excited I was. Like, all the... The fucking week before driving up there, you know, you're like, oh boy. You're better off with the CD. <laughs> you're better off with your own imagination most of the time. You know, you're, yeah. you're better well, off to with a like point. not even yeah. fucking experiencing things you're excited for, you know. And I mean, oh, I'm man. sure a lot of people have had that with either dates or like marriages or something like that, where it's just like, oh my God, I've waited so long to be with this person. But and that's, and that's like, what this movie, oh, I think, is arguing that's... against, right? Isn't that the, it's yeah. saying if you, if you dream up, that the yeah. image, nothing can ever match up to match it. up. To yeah, it. yeah. Well, yeah, they both go through that. Even Judy Davis, she she comes to a point where everything in her life is basically perfect. You motherfucker. Yeah, and she's just like, she does. She's just she doesn't even know what to do because she's expecting something terrible to happen because that's what happened in her last marriage and it doesn't. And then she ends up fucking it up because. Yeah. She's so yeah. paranoid about she's it. She's afraid that she can't live up to the image. Yeah. Right? Because she's not even asking the guy what he thinks of her at all. It's just that he, you know, Put I'm lucky that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm lucky that, you know, I found him or whatever, and, like, I can't live up to that. And that, like, just makes that's, her implode. <laughs> yeah, that's, she keeps saying, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. And then that, it, her, herself, her doubting herself. Is the other shoe? Hmm. Yeah, she well, that's interesting. Life. Then, right? So that is doing that from the both sides of the coin. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Tony's most friend sister psychic yeah. ever. <laughs> like for ten bucks, like she changed her life. <laughs> you need a psychic. You need a therapist. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, and she and got a drink out of it. And yeah, shot, ten bucks. Again, I, I like the way that you know he shoots this stuff. Where it's like she goes in to talk to this psychic, and I don't even remember what that psychic looks like because there's no reverse Tony's shots. Tony's sister. On the, the the woman herself, it's all yeah. you're just looking at Judy Davis in close up as she's reacting to hearing you know yeah. this information from the psychic. Hmm? There's some close ups of the psychic. Are there? Don't there even are. remember. Yeah. No, there don't are. even remember. Close ups of right. Well, then there you go. The whole thing. Like that's the th- but sure. that's the thing. Like he's, he's that's, he, but, he wants to make you see that. Yeah, like, that's what he wants you to remember. Like her, yeah. her How seeing that. Not even just her talk, her reaction to what the psychic is saying. Yeah, her, yeah, yeah. Her realization of what. She should be doing. That's the. Yeah, that's, that's the what point he wants. Of the scene. That's yeah, that's the, the point. But I think you can only get that through like a good Woody performance Allen too. Does that I don't necessarily know. It's like, what's he trying to say there? He always has people saying, "Are you going to a shrink? Are you going to a shrink?" I mean, a lot of his characters in all of his movies fucking go to shrinks and psychoanalysts and whatnot. But then they also a lot of times end up going to fucking psychics and shit. Like really weird. Like I don't. I don't know if that just is comes the scoop from, a lot about that. Uh, a little bit about that. A little bit, like, yeah, it's an element. A little bit, yeah. I mean, he has a lot of movies that talk about going to see psychics, yeah. but I think that Great is mainly... Question. Be- Whenever that happens, are the psychics always, like, 
wise. They're more therapeutic than they are, like, magically fucking inclined. Yeah, but the experience of going to see the psychic somehow unlocks... It's revelatory? You know, yeah, for the main character. In a weird way, it's all... Because I think it's almost the same thing as going to a therapist, right? You're looking... Or if anything, you just want someone to tell you what to fucking do, regardless mm. of their... Right, of yeah. It's, whatever education it's indi- they indecisiveness, have. and then going to see someone that's like, well, you should do this. Because yeah, I'm or smart, so, somebody that somehow... Yeah, somebody... Somebody that you see as an authority yes. on like mm-hmm. reality, yes. or what you're supposed yeah. to do, like, regardless oh, of whether it's this person is licensed, they can tell me what to feel about this, and yeah. how as to long as it see. agrees with what I already thought was there, it's just a confirmation. Right. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, like when she walks in and she's like, she says a name, and she's like, "Oh, that name is exactly what I was." You know, that was. A, I'm like, seeing the word Beowulf. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I taught Chaucer, Chaucer and like yeah. what? How did? Yeah. How, okay, how it's a literary you... thing. That's all it has in yeah. common. Yeah. But yeah. she's like, oh she yeah, wants... it must be for me. Because you want it. Yeah. yeah that's what you want. Yeah. 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 So is that? So is that, that it? I think it's it. Are we ready to wrap it? I think. Rabbit are, well, good God, man! Do you know? Whoa, wait, 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 wait! Sorry, we have to summon oh, Igor shit. because oh, we do actually have some mailbag. Igor. Brana, Igar, Brana, Igar, Igar. Bring me the mail, masters, masters. The mail. I've got the mail. So many letters. Our followers are rising, rising. Why, thank you, Igor. <laughs> On, uh... Handsome guy. Handsome guy. He's very, he's very good looking. He's very good looking. So on last week's episode, last week we watched a movie called Spookies. Spookies! Wait, was that last week? Last week was, was it, Black Christmas. Sorry, last week two was weeks back, ago. Yeah, Black Christmas was last right. week. So, on Facebook, which is uh, facebook.com slash Saturday Night Freak Show, uh, Nick Hammond writes in and says, Nick. listening to this podcast as I type this, and you got me screaming, planchette. It's called a planchette. The Ouija board uh, oh. device. Oh. Ah. The, the platen. Or, sorry. Sure. It's the planchette. The pointer. Yeah, the point. <laughs> we stand maybe corrected. The planchette. Yeah, maybe Nick could be our new corrections department. There you go. Right, right. Yeah, yeah Nick is our research department. Yeah. Like, yeah. Nick, what did we fuck up? All right, point Please us in the right direction. How to pronounce Kenneth Branagh? If they don't yeah. say yeah. the fucking movie, I've got no point of reference. <laughs> yeah. Well, Nick has another. Uh, re- he did some more looking stuff up for us. You remember that we were talking about uh, '80s toys during uh-huh. Spookies? That they look like, or something like yeah, that. Sure. The, what were they called? Madballs. Boglins. 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 What's yeah, a Boglin? They're called Boglins. Does he have a picture of a Boglin? Well, awesome. He's got a picture of a Boglin. Boglin. They're awesome. Go. I was going to go with goofballs. It's, it's cage. I still like goblins with the Z. I knew it sounded Drool. something like goblins, but yeah. Boglins. I was, I think, Boglins, I think, uh, uh, what is it, Madballs? Yeah, man. Oh, man. Man. that 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 yeah. more applies to me because yeah. that's that's the thing that hit me. But Boglins, yeah, but Boglins, I mean, they were genius. That's it, one, definitely one of my favorite. Look at that. it's like it's Cage just trying to get out. Yeah, I like dude, it. You can I like control, it. control the mouth and the eyes, right? I like it. Oh, I they were awesome. Those. <laughs> like the closest thing to a fucking Boglins. like little monster guy, right? Yeah, anything dude, you could awesome. yeah. Jenny, you could sell to little kids like, look, it's a little monster. Jenny was not even. Think you were born? Yeah. Oh God. Those were discontinued by the time you came around. Uh, they're remaking. So, they're remaking those, right? Boglins. I don't know. They should. <laughs> Fuck, it's genius they should, story. Right? So, so that yeah. So then, then the wrap up right. then for tonight's start. Uh, short starts and sweet. with Travis. Celebrity. Short and sweet. I fucking love Woody Allen. Uh, 
He, I mean, he's the guy, if you're really not into fucking artsy-fartsy movies, but you do kind of want something a little intellectually uh, uh, advanced, that's why you go for Woody Allen movies. The fucking, at least you can laugh at it. You can, uh, Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's why I like his movies. I like how they're so diverse in a weird way, right? They always have major drama. They always have fucking comedy. They always make you think you want to go out and buy a Billie Holiday record, and then you're <laughs> like, no, it's just the movie. It's just, the, it's just you know, the nostalgia of a... But I don't know. I mean, that's. I mean, he's my favorite guy. So I fucking. I want to say out of like fifty movies, I maybe don't like five of them. So of course I like Celebrity. Of course I would recommend it to everybody. <laughs> so that's my wrap up. Short and sweet. Um, I also really like this movie. I had never seen a Woody Allen film before tonight. Oh, no, I know. Woody Allen. None? Whoa. No, Woody Allen. Travis, so. get back here. I was, oh, I, there, told him I was there with you. I was there with you at one point during yeah. this podcast. Like, I haven't seen a Woody Allen I've movie. listened what to the podcast like? you guys have done, but no, I haven't seen, like seen one. Three. And three. honestly, going until last week when uh, Brent announced that he was doing this, I didn't know this was a Woody Allen film. But um, I really liked it. I like the way uh, he writes his characters. I like... He, I mean, he writes these scenarios, and I know they're proud. They're oftenly repeated. That's what you guys have said. Mm. But it's so the audience can relate to him at some level, and I do like movies like that. At some level, it's it maybe not all of his. You can't relate to all the movies, but I think it's it targets certain. Right. People. But you'll find it, yeah. Yeah, and I really I re, I enjoyed this movie a lot, and it's it is uh, intellectually stimulating, like Travis was saying, um, and quirky and. I like the punchlines and the the yes. clever clever humor. So yes, I would also recommend this movie. Yeah, I've uh, I've never been disappointed by a Woody Allen movie thus far. I'm in like my uh, yeah <laughs> my uh, uh, exposure to them has been limited, but like um, uh, I've always enjoyed them. I'm willing to see more. Uh, it's a fun movie. I always enjoy his movies. So yeah, I definitely recommend this one. Um, and you know, I look forward to. Watching more Woody Allen. Bring it on. Holy shit. Whether it be Travis or Brent or anybody. Let's let's Colin. Colin <laughs> Keith bring bring Woody a Woody Allen, Allen movie to the My podcast. favorite Woody Allen movie. Let's do it. I like I recommend Colin's it. Like keep watching Woody, Woody Allen. Allen I'm sure you'll find something that you don't necessarily like, but keep looking, you'll probably find something that's right up your alley. So I did really I recommend like, it. Uh, what was it? Crimes and misdemeanors. That's a great book. I think, yeah. And I haven't seen some of his suspense movies, which I've heard I'm told I should. Yeah, suspense movies? Like. With Man, actual suspense? And what's the other one? Yeah, they're not comedies. They're like oh. straight ahead. Like He's done many, well, I wouldn't say genre stuff. He steers away from genre. It feels like, right? I mean, he does. Yeah. Does he? Oh, he seems like pinpoint on genre to me. But, the, but again, I've only watched yeah, a couple I mean, of movies. But. Well, we're not saying the drama's a genre, sure. right? I mean, what else? Yeah. Com- like straight comedy? I mean, maybe, you know. They seem more comedic. Off the bat. If they veer off from that, that is different than what I've experienced. I mean, from what I can think of, I think his more serious movies would be Matchpoint, Interiors, which, I mean, I don't even fucking like Interiors. It's (laughs) too serious. Um, fuck, what else, man? What was that new one that, uh... What's her face was nominated Kate for? Kate Blanchett? Yeah. Blue oh, Blue Jasmine. Jasmine. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's straightforward. Yeah, that seems not, more straight. That's not like a, it's not a thriller or nothing. But no, but it seems more dr- dramatic oh, a, a little bit. fucking movie. Yeah. Brilliant movie. Well, the guy's been making movies for, what are we saying, 40 years? Every year since 1975 Woo! or some shit. And he's got wow. how many movies in the bank? 
Every year since 1970. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, like over 50 by now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why it's like, fuck, if you don't like one of them, yeah, hey, 40. move on to the next one. Because fucking right. dude, you'll got find something. Of well, that, that seems to be the thing, I guess. That, that, I mean, he's an interesting filmmaker. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And, you know, I guess to address, you know, uh, Sean's point, it's like that he's, you know, I too have seen Woody Allen movies through Travis and now Brent. Mm. <laughs> bringing the, you Who know, where it's Who like knew? I sit there and I'm like, I'm never really disappointed by them because you know this is the Saturday Night Freak Show, and you really can't compare a movie like Spookies or Black Christmas to a movie like <laughs> Celebrity or you know Deconstructing Harry or whatever. I mean, like they, it is a better movie, yes, uh, because it's a, a you know because of its. Emotional truth, I guess. Intellectual truth. It's dramatic. Thematic elements. Yeah. <laughs> it's talking about real true. human, you know, stuff. Where yeah. you know, I mean, you can you can like Star Crash. I like Star Crash. <laughs> I mean, you, right. You can like Star Crash. But. Yeah. As like this is your bad junk food, but you know, I mean, if you actually want something a meal to chew on, then it's yeah. probably going to be something that that Woody Allen does. Um, I guess the thing that. I think Woody Allen and, and and Tarantino, I brought those two up earlier, but I think that they're in the same kind of boat because we have these two guys who are working now. There's others. I'm sorry. I'm not thinking of them right sure. now. But the idea that, you know, these guys are writers first. They're film directors second, right? It's just weird that you have, like, John Grisham or your... <laughs> Jillian Flynn's or you know your Stephen King aside from Maximum Overdrive. I mean, they write these <laughs> Wait things. Wait for it. Wait for it. But they're not. They you know they're not. They can't translate them to cinema, right? Mm. But Tarantino and Woody Allen, like they actually like that's their medium. You know, even though they're writing very literary stuff, it feels to me. I mean, I know we're saying that you know this wouldn't maybe translate well to. A book, but I mean, even the 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 density of his dialogue and you know the characters and the, their interactions seems you know it's a lot more to chew on than you get in. I mean, what are we talking about? Like ninety five, ninety nine percent of the the movies that that are made, at least in American movies, it mm. probably has like you know when foreign movies are imported here it seems like you have a little mo- more of the human element which i think he yeah right personally yeah, yeah. really influenced a lot of and i the mean producer that's why and he's more popular. he lives and... in paris now right cuz yeah. i mean those are the people that fucking really really appreciate yeah. him cinema as an <laughs> yeah, a, paris a is medium an for right? it, the the <laughs> conveyance of an idea you know more than the i don't know if you got the, you know like so you, that you'd use cinema to 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 transfer ideas from a mind to another mind mm. and that's the delivery device rather than just the thrill and the spectacle of seeing shit blow up and you know um it seems like you know woody allen and and the french maybe are the more french. woody allen and the french copyright 2015 woody allen and the french yeah Yes. However, the danger here, and the fact that like where where Woody Allen makes a, a movie a year, and you've got you know Tarantino, you got to wait like four years or whatever to get his thing. It seems like he's got an idea. You know, Tarantino comes up with an idea and then refines the shit out of it until you get the best possible 
version of that idea, and then he's going to move on to something else to tackle, where Woody Allen seems to be addressing the same idea. Not always. I mean, you're talking about 50 movies or whatever the hell. You know, he's going to do different things. Anybody, you know, you'll like this one, even if you don't like this one. But it does, to me, seem like of the, the sampling that I've had of his stuff, that, you know, you are kind of watching the same movie again over and over and over again are the same people going through this grappling with the same issues so you know with 50 movies you get to pick the one that you like the best and celebrity to me did feel i mean we found out it was like two hours long but it felt like it was three hours i just didn't really respond to it as far as like you know it's not my favorite iteration of the woody allen struggle you know if Mm. if that so i don't know if i would recommend this as like you got to see it you know, as like this is the one. If you're if you're looking for the story that he tells about this, that you know, I don't know if this is it. But I still somebody. recognize that it is a very well put together uh, piece of dramatic uh, art. I was don't that? know. If Do you recommend it? Recommend I, uh, it? Do you yeah. recommend yeah. it? God damn it! We have one no. criteria on the show. <laughs> no. 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 Uh, no. It's <laughs> Same. Everyone's entitled to their own. Uh, no, no more. Not anymore. Colin ruined that forever. Oh shit! No, it was the most. It was. It was. You know what it was? It was Kenneth Branagh breaking up with uh, Jean Grey. It was like it was the best, <laughs> most subtle way. You know, most polite way to say that. No, I don't. I'll never watch this movie again. I'm not saying that. That's what Colin. I'm guessing you'll never watch this again. No. Okay. No, I, I've I've done it. It was good. Uh, he but he said it was good. Then when he gets it, he hates it. <laughs> I don't get this guy. He, he <laughs> said it was good. Um, yeah. Why would you recommend? <laughs> <laughs> All right. What happened to your? It childhood? felt like it was five hours long. Yeah, it went it, from three to five. That. <laughs> yeah. He went from three to five. Um, I think. I think that uh, some some of the things that Colin is touching on are true. I think that like Woody Allen and uh, uh, Tarantino are very similar in their it's 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 a it's a a writing style that should be in a novel or on a stage probably before it's in a film. Um, but I mean, I think it's something that America right now is starved. Like American cinema, I think we're starved of that. Like, there, it's out there. But the more and more we get, the more you know, you're inundated with all of these superhero movies. Mm-hmm. And not that that's a bad thing, but I think I've always thought that that's it's a nice meal versus getting an ice cream treat. But it's well, and, and it's, it's it's just different. It's pushing out the. You know, with with every extra, not, it's not just superhero movies, but with yeah. every blockbuster movie like that yeah. comes along, and this, every spectacle, I think it's pushing out the you know the would be celebrity movies or the little movies that well people obviously don't like they it. make it. And <laughs> <laughs> it's not even the it's not it's, even the, those movies. I don't think it, it's just the volume of them. If everything becomes that, then you push out the you mm-hmm. know. I mean, I like the having the variety of choice i guess and you don't have that anymore and i know i mean the listener at home will probably argue that you get that with you know you with on demand or you know through netflix or you, you, there's so many more outlets for making movies now that you can still find it if you look for it but i don't think that as a whole i don't think our society 
you know, responds to the celebrity. Not to say that that's what's going on in Colin's case, because I know he watches things that are way more intellectual and more <laughs> deep than this. He's saying no, but... Star Crash, dude. <laughs> yeah, Star Crash. He brought Star Crash to us. He watches movies like this and just hates them when, they, when he watches them. I don't get it. <laughs> but, uh... It uh, makes me feel smart. Ugh, I reject it. I... I also, th- I think that with with uh, with Woody Allen, you get, and we say you know it's the same themes. I mean, you get Woody Allen's personality in all of his films, whether it be you know, and it it, it is a neurosis, a neurosis, but uh, it's it's there in everything. Whether it's it, it almost feels like he's always like trying to like we said earlier, like it's therapy, like he's trying to work on a different part of his his. Uh, uh, his life, his his worries. I mean, he's definitely. I mean, this dude's, what he's worried about at the time. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe you know. I mean, whatever in his like it's every year. You know. I mean, so he always has right. something well, new th- coming. Yeah, in. Like, filmmakers like well, what, what am I feeling at the time? Like this is what I feel, and this is what I'm going to put. I don't this. think he is doing any film reflecting on his own personal life. I mean, when you have a boy and a girl character, these are just the natural things every man and woman go through. I don't think these are anything doing with his own personal... That's that's yeah. putting too much of the filmmaker into his own movie, where you can't be like, Rob Zombie obviously wants to kill everybody because that's all he does. Quentin Tarantino just wants to say nigger and shoot people. That's all he does. We can't... I don't, I don't think we... Just because... Other movies are more intellectual than other movies. We can start saying, "Well, that's him. That's him working out things." But then sure. other people aren't doing that, and they're like, I, "This is still entertainment." He's just doing what he believes to me, at least personally. Well, what he thinks are the most realistic circumstances that men and women go through in relationships. Uh, yeah, uh, well, absolutely, and I think that you write what you know. And when I say that it's his personality, it's, he's dealing with things that everyone deals with. I mean, he's every, we can all identify with his movies because everybody goes through the the stories that he tells. I mean, it's it's uh, it's he's not dealing with it's not so personal that I mean, I mean, I guess it kind of is only in the fact that he puts a character of himself into it, you know. So like. Like Tarantino, you get his voice, like uh, or Kevin Smith or uh, Woody Allen. You get you get you get Woody Allen's voice. Not that he is; it's just him projecting, or you know, people projecting on. I guess maybe I'm projecting on the movie, saying that it's How just Woody you. Allen. But it's I'm picking up things out of it that he's that I'm assuming is part of his life because he's writing things that have maybe happened. But, like, it's things that I can identify in my own life, and I think that all of us can identify with that, you know? I mean... But all of his characters succumb to infidelity, like, across the fucking board. Because that is your id, right? Woody Allen, the, the Woody Allen character in all of his movies, right? The guy that acts like the Woody Allen comedic character... That's the little voice inside of you. That's why he's such a fucking neurotic, because the little voice in all our heads is it's a fucking a neurotic. neurotic. Yeah. It's always, what do I do? Should I do this? Do I, but if I do this, I'll do that. It's mean, always the questioning voice. It's always the questioning voice. It's nothing, you're not ever fucking every decision you, Every decision. decision you make, it's always that little voice that's saying, well, what if you did this? Or what if you did this? Yeah, it's like, I think that's what should you do? Like, he, Woody yeah. Allen is that voice. Yeah, and whether or not that's him for real, I don't know, but... I mean, his stories always have that, and I think I he's think- identified that that voice is asking a question, 
and he's putting it down. I think yeah, yeah. I think he's aware of the he's aware of it happening battle between yeah. any of your decisions. I don't think that's him because no. like I said, this is a no. It's not him really making a choice a, one way or another. It's him. Uh, it's him identifying that there is a voice deciding if there is a choice. Yeah, like, it's, it's not him making the voice. right. It's not him making the choice. It's there's a voice that is trying to decide. I don't even this think it's that. his voice. No, it's not just, his. He just it knows is everybody. Everyone has this. It's somebody. What do yeah. I do? Go here. Go there. Go here. Go there. Right. It's the I, identification eat of this, that. Eat that. I mean, there's questions yeah. to every. You can always go both ways on any fucking decision. A million decisions in your lifetime. <laughs> yeah. There's always going to be. He's that, just giving uh, that thing a voice. But the personification is him. I mean, yes. In the Kenneth Branagh role. Right. But that's it's still more his, specific. That's still to, yeah. a character. That's still the same. If, if yeah. Jerry Lewis was to write that, oh, lady, and other people <laughs> were to play that, that's what that is. That's not Woody Allen. Woody Allen is not that guy. This is a character he created as a comedian to give his stories out. You know, you need a character, right? P- Paul Rubens is not fucking Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> you know what I mean? Even though maybe How some things Pee Wee Herman yeah. says. It's an aspect of Paul Rubens. Right? Like, is, yeah, maybe. But when you've done 50 fucking oh. movies and they all have the same guy, well, again, all is relative, but have the same guy as their lead, and at some point, it's like that's money, all you know how to write because that is the most personal of the things that you're writing. That is you. But well, it's a it's a dream. I wouldn't version say of that you, is maybe. you though. I just wouldn't. I just wouldn't. I think that's blurring the line of filmmaker and art. I just think that's a little too like who the fuck makes movies about themselves like that? I just don't. Think. Woody or he knows See, how to put out. That. That. Or he that's knows how to put out that voice. <laughs> but I think that I mean every everybody has an unlimited well inside of them to to just write about themselves and he he's brilliant so he can do it and i you know i mean it's not the same story every time it's it's different aspects of what you know the human condition really you know in your head yeah, like yeah. it's 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 what everybody i think that actually Fucking feels really in a story <laughs> <laughs> And I'm I'm agreeing with you there definitely. I think that he is he is a brilliant writer and director. Um, I think more so writer, but this movie stood out with the direction um, more so. Like I haven't like I guess Bullets Over Broadway. I noticed like feeling cinematic, but this one felt really cinematic. Have you seen Just, Manhattan? I, I haven't seen Manhattan. Yeah, that is his fucking like. Well, maybe next. Maybe next next time. Wait, I might go on a maybe I should go on a Woody Allen kick for twenty six. Oh God, for every <laughs> whole year, buddy in this audience should. God, that's a that's a long year, yeah, dude. That that's, was my that's a quick. long year. Yeah. You will you will watch all his movies in a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. No, but no, I like I I felt crazy. I don't believe this. It's not just you know it's not just the black and white, but I think that. Uh, just where he puts the camera, and maybe it's Sven doing it to his director of photography. And but it's just it's if it, it felt more interesting when you're when you're doing a play like film, you know, where the dial it's dialogue heavy um, to keep the audience interested. Not that the dialogue's not interesting, but to keep them interested when they know that they're going to the cinema, and they're going to watch a, a fucking movie. You want like movement and stuff, and I think that this movie it does it in a very creative. Uh, refreshing way, um, the, yeah. In in the world that we live in, in 2015, the last week oh, of 2015, this, 
This world. This is this, this is actually 2016. Oh shit! <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow. Look behind the curtain. <laughs> In 2016, uh, it all comes crashing down. You know, when when we're we've got superheroes aplenty in Star Wars. Not to cut down on Star Wars, but I think that sometimes you need you need a Woody Allen film every once in a while. So, yeah, it's something that you know it. It taps into a different part of your mm. brain. A rational man on video, February like second or something like that. That's the yeah. next one. Yeah. So there's, there's, and there's more coming, folks. I mean, yeah. If you know, there's all sorts of Woody Allen films out there, and uh, yeah, the themes are the same, uh, or you know, slightly same. similar. This is how we begin. This is how we begin the year, right? Like this. Mm-hmm. Is, this. Oh yeah. shit. Yeah. yeah. This is this, this is the be tone. The year this of Woody Allen. This, oh, this is so. crazy. I don't believe this. <laughs> so I would definitely recommend it. And watch it. Oh, well, there you go. So that's a wrap-up on Celebrity from Woody Allen on Saturday Night Freak Show. Next week, it's going to be my pick. I'm going to do this to myself. You're all going to sit there. I'm going to sit against an entire panel of people who hate this fucking Great. movie. Fuck you. But we're going to watch... Uh, Ryan Gosling in Nicholas Winding Refn's Only God Forgives. And that's next week on the Saturday Night Freak Show. And until then, the basement is going dark.